When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right now is a man that spent the better part of four decades as one of the great politicians. I always say the two best New York politicians ever, Rudy Giuliani and Peter King. Maybe not in that order, but those two guys for sure. Then, of course, you went out to serve Homeland Security. Now he's a star, whether it's on John Katzmatidi's show or mine on WABC. He is the honorable and great Peter King. Peter, good morning, pal. How are you? Shit, I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So you heard my mom. It took about two seconds after Naomi hung up for Bo Dietl to call me. You know, Bo gets so crazy. And he's like, Sid, listen, I love Trump's policies. If I really thought Donald Trump could win, I would vote for him tomorrow. He's trying to convince me, Peter, that he really believes that Trump cannot win, that he's turned off so many people that he cannot win. So why waste a vote on that guy when we need a Republican to win. Are you buying Bo Deedle or are you buying Naomi Rosenberg? Uh, no, don't get me in a fight with Naomi. I've heard <laughs> stories about her. That, you know, she's a killer. So let me just, uh, and I don't like the idea of following her on the air. I mean, that's what I have to say after Naomi. I mean, I got her. So, so I'm being an afterthought. Uh, she is, she is a, a human dynamo. Thank God. you. At least now we have some idea why you're the way you are, you know? <laughs> but that was great as did the other night when you were telling Stories about your mother, what a person she's, yeah. she is in everybody's life. It's, she's great. Thank now, listen, you. Thank I, you. I just think there's been too many of these errors, if you want to call that, by President Trump. And it all comes back to the fact that he puts himself first. I mean, he decides whether he's going to support a candidate, depending on if they, you know, they have to say that the uh, 2020 election was stolen. Otherwise, he won't support them. He doesn't really care about their positions on other issues or, uh, or uh, who is the best chance of winning in a general election. He wanted to eliminate every member of Congress that voted against him on, on impeachment. Well, by doing that, we ended up losing a number of seats. Uh, and you know, the same in the Senate. He picked candidates only on the basis of how they feel toward him. And that was, you know, the, I guess, the basis of his meeting with Kanye West. Kanye West likes Donald Trump. He says good things about him. And with that, Trump ignores everything else. And that's just a bad sign. And again, I, I, I agree with you. He did an excellent job as president. But more and more, when you become that self-focused, would he be able to do that same good job again if he bases everything on how people feel toward him? And also, you have to have the country behind you. And you're not going to have the country behind you if you keep making these type, we're going to call them mistakes or you know, narcissistic judgments. See, I love both sides. I love when my mother comes on and defends Trump to the end of the day. I love it. And I love what you're saying, too. But most people don't have the stomach for it. They don't want to hear it. They either love the guy or hate the guy. For example, when I tweet something or I put something on Instagram and your name comes up, folks that like you go, listen, Peter King, common sense guy, great politician, loves New York. I love him. Folks that love Trump go, oh, who cares what King says? He's a rhino. I know right. you've heard that. I mean, you were a Republican for 40 years, right? Yeah, and I was always endorsed by the conservative party. I'll put my conservative record up. But the fact is, 
you know, your loyalty or your love of Donald Trump doesn't make you a conservative or, or not a conservative. I mean, uh, as a conservative, I endorsed uh, President Trump because I thought he, a candidate Trump, I thought he was going to get the job done. He did get it done. There were mistakes that were made. But as he came near the end of the administration, even you know, without reliving all about January 6th, that did say a lot about him, though. Between Election Day and then, all he was, he was consumed by the fact that the election was stolen. Despite what people were saying to him, I can see a guy being angry. But in the past, everyone in, in those close elections, whether it's Al Gore or Richard Nixon or John Kerry, they said, "Hey, you know, the country is bigger. Let's you know, let's move on." And he, he wasn't able to do that. And he showed that, you know, in the last election where he endorsed candidates only on the basis of whether they loved him or not, and other candidates, no matter how good they were, he went after them because they didn't support him. I mean, it's uh, he, he makes himself bigger than the party and bigger than the country, and that's. That's dangerous. That's all. I'm listen. Uh, personally, I have had nothing but good relations with him. I'm sure he's not crazy about me now. But he's very <laughs> friendly to me, to my family. He was always a great person to be with. I mean, I had to keep reminding myself he was the president because he's a great guy. When you sit around talking with him, it's like being back in the street corner in Queens. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I know we're two years out. It's a long time, but everybody keeps mentioning DeSantis. If not Trump, and clearly it's not Trump for you, uh, is there somebody right now? Is it DeSantis, somebody else that you'd be leaning towards for that primary? Yeah, I would say right now, Ron DeSantis, I was with him in Congress. I didn't really work with him that much. I didn't know him that well. Uh, he wasn't that outgoing in, in Congress, but he was certainly a hard worker. Uh, I mean, right now, he would have to be, uh, if you leave Donald Trump aside, you know, the front runner would have to be Ron DeSantis. Now, how he's going to stand up in a national campaign is another story. I mean, a lot of guys have gone into the primaries. Uh, as you know, you know the, uh, the odds are in favorite, but when they actually face the national media, when they face the that whole grind of running for president, you know, they can't make it. So we'll have to see if DeSantis can survive that. You have other people. You have uh, like Nikki Haley, Mike Pompeo, uh, Tim Scott. Tim Scott is a very a very solid guy. So I think all of these people have to be looked at. Right now, I would say DeSantis would have to be considered the front runner. But you know, going back years ago, Ed Muskie was the front runner. Uh, Rick Perry was the front runner several years ago. I mean, we had yeah. you know, people who yeah. uh, just faded. Yep. It's tough. It's, it's a different world. It's like being yep. great in AAA. Can you make it in the majors? Right. I mean, don't forget when Trump won that year, the guy that was the front runner for a while there was Ben Carson, believe it or not. But then uh, Trump yeah, won and, right. and, and Nick nailed everybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, let's go local here for a second. Uh, my friend and yours, the mayor, Eric Adams, He's in Greece today, but for folks who think he went there to enjoy the islands, that's not the case. He's actually there for something very important, which is a worldwide anti-Semitism meeting, talking about Kanye West and Donald Trump. Now, tomorrow, he is going to Qatar, where the Americans just beat the Iranians. We'll get to that, too, Peter. And Curtis was yelling and screaming yesterday that it was Rudy Giuliani who actually trained in the uh, guitar, and why would Eric Adams go to guitar? He could just talk to Rudy, which I am going to put together sometime in December. Questions about Eric Adams or the mayor. Greece today, Qatar tomorrow. We know New York is not in great shape. Are you okay with this trip, including this anti-Semitism conference today, or would you rather see the mayor home? I will judge it by the results. If he thinks he's going to get the job done and uh, it turns out to have been a, a, a good working trip, then fine. I'm not one of these people. Uh, people who wants to hold someone to this fine standard of what you do day to day. I judge a guy by the uh, uh, how he gets the job done. 
And if it takes going to Greece or, but I'm not sure is it guitar or cutter. When I was in Congress, they told us we had to say cutter to sound smart. <laughs> now everybody's saying guitar, so I don't know what I'm saying. But anyway, no, I mean, seriously, you can make contacts with those and you can get deals done, which help the city, which help the, uh, the state. So, you know, let's, let's judge it. Let's see how it is when it's all over. Listen, here's the mayor. He's entitled to some leeway, and the end has to account for whether he did a good job or a bad job. But again, I think he's making headway in the subways. It's tough. Uh, this whole idea of uh, you know being stricter when it comes to bringing mental health people in in, in for observation by broadening that standard, I think it's all a good sign. I mean, you can't be going on the subways with mentally ill people all you know, uh, 24 hours. So right. have to, he, he's definitely going in the right direction there. But let's see. But I'm not. I don't. You know, listen. No, Curtis has his own thing. I know he accused me of supporting. Uh, I don't know corruption, Tammany Hall, whatever. <laughs> getting around. I mean, that's you know that. It's his style. And by the way, we need people like Curtis Lee who are out there to keep everybody else out of it. So <laughs> if you have this dialogue going back and forth yeah. between Eric Adams and Curtis Lee, and then you going back between everybody, between Andrew Giuliani, Lee Zeldin. I mean, I, I used to just mention uh, you know, the mayor's name, Eric Adams' name, and you were jumping all over me. And now, now you're in love with the guy. I, mean, that's, well, I, I, I was sitting down at a great Italian restaurant last week, yeah. and I'm all set to talk about the local politics, about the world, about yeah. everything else. Well, yeah. you want to show me your text messages you know, of Merrick Adams. I was in love with you. So I don't know. Well, just so you know, when people attack you and they call you a rhino on my social media, I react the same way. I love you even more. How about that? I love you even more than the mayor. How about that? Does that work? Wow, okay. That's a big deal. Don't, that is a big deal. <laughs> you'll be on the phone with Eric Adams. I don't believe what about that, Eric. Not today. I He's in you. Greece. King is a moron. He's a <laughs> King is a moron. I never say stuff like that. Uh, Kevin, <laughs> McC- <laughs> Kevin McCarthy in Congress, huge story. Is he going to get that seat? He's about to start axing everybody. Swalwell, see ya. Omar, see ya. Uh, I know there's one more in the intel uh, department he's going to get rid of as well. Uh, oh, it, it would be Adam Schiff, correct. Uh, what do you think? You think it's uh, just inevitable that McCarthy gets that? And do you like what he's been saying the last couple of weeks? Yeah, you know, I, I certainly agree with Kevin on that. And, uh, you know, in the past, I would have said that you know, the leader of the party can have anyone they want on, on their committees. Having said that, when uh, Nancy Pelosi would not allow Kevin McCarthy to put Jim Jordan and Banks on the uh, that uh, January 6th committee, to me, that, that changed all the rules. But even in the prior time before that, I would have knocked a guy like Squirrel off. To me, this guy is a security risk. That whole involvement he had with the Chinese woman and all that was a spy. To me, uh, disqualifies him. And then Omar, uh, the fact that she is such a virulent anti-Semite, to have her in the Foreign Affairs Committee, it says a lot about the Democratic judgment. They have her on there. So I think, I, I think McCarthy is right on those two. As far as Schiff, I don't agree with anything Adam Schiff has done as chairman of the committee. But I, I would say the main offense, to me, the two main offenders are Omar and uh, who are we talking about? Oh, yeah, Swalwell. Swalwell is a real bad guy. Yeah, he's the Chinese uh, but, lady. And McCarthy, I hope Kevin does get it, only because it's, it's going to be bad. He, he's got a majority of like four or five votes. You can't allow five people to determine the future of the party. I mean, they're holding back. Apparently, there's five of them holding back. Their votes from McCarthy. Who who do they have? Who else is there who who, who could get it? In any party, I, I was I was just going to ask you that. Can you even provide me with one other name that you think would work? One name? No, the only you know the only one who would even be considered a possibility is Steve Scalise, and Steve is supporting Kevin McCarthy. Right. And then also, if they do go with Scalise, then there'll be five other people who don't like Steve. I mean, Kevin McCarthy has emerged as the leader of the party. He's done a good job over the last several years. 
There's no other plausible candidate out there. And you just have five people who want to exercise their veto power. To me, they're, act, you know, they're trying to act like they're, you know, they're more important than they are. No, unless listen, if this was a real ideological division or regional division, there were two strong candidates, then you'd have them go at it. But to me also, you know, the party, the party has to mean something. And if Kevin McCarthy got the overwhelming majority of votes within the party in the past, at least up until the last 10 years, that meant the party would, you know, nominate that person on, on the, the House floor and vote for him. Right. Uh, to me, that election should have meant something. And Kevin McCarthy's been out there. He's been traveling all over the country. I mean, he's, it's, it's no easy job to be a leader of a party because, first of all, you've got to be in every state in the country going around listening to people going on shows like yours, putting up with people like me. I mean, just think if you spend your whole life doing that, going from, you know, from, you know, oh. from Tulsa to Macon, Georgia, Connecticut, New York, no, thanks. on and on. You know, you know, where are you? I mean, I've been with Kevin to places. I don't know how he knows where he is. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds awful. I mean, my God. The election, he was, he was actually at, at uh, King Umberto's restaurant doing a fundraiser <laughs> for uh, Andrew Garbarino and Andy Esposito. Oh, that's funny. Listen, 60 seconds to go. One of the reasons why you and I get along so well, the love of family, the love of country, the love of politics, but the love of sports. We both love the Mets. We love the Giants. You posted something uh, about the soccer game yesterday, Iran versus America. Gave us all a reason to chant USA, USA, USA. But in the end, oh, my God, Peter, watching that game, almost impossible. What a dreadfully boring sport. Yeah, to me, I've uh, back in the eighties. I think my son noticed to see the Cosmos, and I uh, all I enjoyed then was the crowd reaction. It was really lively with Beckenbauer and Pele, and yeah. all like that. But the game itself is just guys running up and down for ninety minutes, and then <laughs> at the end, you don't know when it's over. I was just thinking, like with the NFL, or the NBA, they fight over putting a tenth of a second back. I know. Now here you sit, you're walking around, and all of a sudden it's over. You know, it's like I, I'm, I'm waiting for you know, eighty-nine minutes, ninety minutes, oh and my then. God. Then they keep playing. And so guys looking at his watch down the sidelines, it's absolutely ridiculous. But what was great to me was, again, you know, that America won, and it brings the country together, and the guts they showed to me, uh, you know, made it worthwhile. But the game itself, I had a hard time following. But I really followed those last few minutes when – yeah, the seconds are winding down, but then they were still winding down. Right. They stopped winding. So. That, that extra time is silly. But you're right. In a big geopolitical showdown, America got the win. That's all that matters. Peter, as always, a great appearance today. Love you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sid. Bye. You're the best. Peter King, folks. There he is.